Well, this has been a huge learning experience for us. You know, we've never dealt with a pandemic situation like this in in our lifetime. And so if nothing else, it's prepared us for what to do if the trend continues the way that it is with, with cases on the rise all around the country. The future is, is very uncertain, I think, for everybody. But fortunately, we've put a lot of thought into how to protect our nation, how to protect our people, how to go about carrying on some economic activity and as safe and responsible a way as possible. And really, time will tell how this is all going to play out with, with the pandemic. Jason Corwin, the executive director at the Seneca Media and Communications Center for the Seneca Nation, stationed out of Salamanca, contends with combating the novel coronavirus on their reservation across New York State. I'm Gabriel Pachazio, Finger Lakes One News, and this is The Daily Debrief. And on this edition, Jason joins us talking about shutting down tribal casinos and a food security resurgence in Indian country. As we ask, how has the Seneca Nation combated the coronavirus and survived a global pandemic and even thrived on the reservation in the aftermath? Initially, the pandemic crippled their community and their mainstream of economic prosperity and stability casinos, when the nation had been forced to shut them down and release non-essential staff from across the entire reservation from their duties. When the Seneca Nation became aware of the coronavirus, the nation leadership took a very proactive stance and immediately had the various departments that make up the nation temporarily send their staff home and a coronavirus response task force was created with representatives of various departments like our emergency management, our health system, our media department, you know, various entities with expertise in the areas that were going to be needed to be dealt with. Of course, immediately there was an impact on our economy. In the early stages of of the pandemic, before there were any shutdowns around the country, we were already starting to institute safety protocols at our businesses, our, our gaming facilities, both bingo halls and casinos. Once it became apparent just how serious the pandemic was becoming, then we our leadership made the decision to shut down the casinos and to start really preparing the community because our nation, like so many throughout Indian country, we're very concerned about this virus due to a number of issues, the high respect that we place and value that we place on the elders of our community and this being a disease that impacts heavily on on the elderly populations as well as people with pre-existing health conditions and there are a lot of health issues in native communities so it was a high degree of concern despite these disparaging financial ramifications which are still being felt by the nation at the federal level the national congress of american indians created a covid relief aid package for federally recognized tribal nations across the united states which had been stumped by the trump administration Eventually, the Seneca Nation received their allocation, but there are still several other nations who still haven't obtained their federal assistance and are now filing legal suits for retribution, according to Jason. 
I know that at the federal level, groups like the National Congress of American Indians were lobbying for a very comprehensive aid package from from Congress to assist Native nations during this time. And they gave a figure and then the administration responded and, and, and wanted to make it almost nothing. Eventually, a, a figure was settled on and... It's fortunately for the Seneca Nation, it has not been as delayed as it has for some other nations who who were allocated money. And then they basically had, had to go to court to fight to get that money actually coming in. Beyond the economics, the social costs have been tolling for the entire community to bear. With every life loss being considered as sacred, especially a well-respected first-language speaker elder who taught their people's customs at their cultural center. We have had a minimal amount of fatalities. Of course, any one of them is, you know, a tragedy for the community and a great loss. Particularly, we lost an elder recently who was a first-language speaker who worked as a mentor in our Seneca language department. So we've been fortunate to not have the high rates of infection that some other places like the Navajo Nation have experienced, but the economic impacts uh, have been very real and the personal impacts of the loss of community members, you know, has, has been very sad for our community. Still, the challenges for tracking COVID-19 across all enrolled members are mounting, and Jason admits that the nation cannot track all COVID cases among their 8,000 strong members that roam across the globe. But those issues dissipate when counting cases on the expansive reservation properties and territories thanks to the enrollment system. The process of enrollment, which establishes membership criteria based on customs, traditions, language, and tribal blood counts, also known as blood quantum, differs across the country for nations, but among the Seneca Nation membership is determined exclusively through matrilineal lineage, meaning the mother's side of the family. So we have an enrolled citizenship of over 8,000 Senecas. Perhaps about half live on territory. Mm-hmm. And we have other people that live on territory, natives from other nations who, who've married in, as, as well as people of other, other backgrounds who've married in. So we have no way of tracking statistics for all Seneca Nation members. You know, there are, there are ones who, you know, live in probably all 50 states. There's ones who are overseas in the military. So we've only been able to really track deaths that have occurred on our territory. With nearly half the reservation living on territories throughout the reservation, Jason reports that only six deaths occurred on site, five within the nation, and one other, a member of another nation who married a Seneca woman, that same respected elder that we previously mentioned. I believe it's it's six people total, I think. I'll have to double-check my numbers, but there, it was five Seneca Nation members and um, one uh, native from another nation who was uh, married to a Seneca woman and who was uh, a respected elder in the community and a veteran. His loss was deeply felt as well. 
Two years ago, Food is Our Medicine, a native grassroots initiative started in the Seneca Nation in an effort to promote community gardening. But now a new agriculture department has brought in a herd of bison to raise and steadily gained a resurgence for food security in the aftermath of the pandemic for greater self-reliance in food production. When I spoke with Jason nearly a month ago, he shared with me that the new mobile farmer's market will travel throughout the territories for the rest of the summer. And the last two years, the Seneca Nation started an agriculture department. There had already been an initiative in the community called Food is Our Medicine, which was raising awareness about the impacts of diet on health issues. And that project was promoting community gardening, people gardening at home, things like that. But now that we have an agriculture department that's known officially as Seneca Nation Gaquio Farms, that team has been doing a fantastic job of farming and getting a bison herd together. And they've also, um, since the pandemic began, they've been looking at livestock raising options and, and starting to put things in order so, so that uh, livestock beyond the bison become part of the farm's activities. And I should note that just today, the farm started a farmer's market that will be running all summer long, one day a week on each territory, Tuesdays on the Allegheny Territory, Thursdays on the Cattaraugus territory. And so really making sure to bring good, healthy and organic foods to make them available to our community members. Like elsewhere, the pandemic has exacerbated pre-existing inefficiencies throughout society and even within the boundaries of the Seneca Nation. With indigenous communities across the continental United States like the Seneca, who suffer from heightened rates of pre-existing health conditions like diabetes and heart disease, as well as having limited access to poor healthcare infrastructures, the resolve of the Seneca people have been tested and strengthened in the days, weeks, and months that followed since the novel coronavirus pandemic has ravaged the United States and rest of Indian country. Like so many things that happen, you know, Native people have been systematically marginalized and you know, treaties have been violated and, you know, the the list goes on of, of the injustices that have been heaped upon Native peoples. And so the pandemic is showing the vulnerability that Native communities have due to pre-existing health problems, pre-existing poor healthcare infrastructure for many communities, because, you know, there are many out there that don't have big casinos like we do and don't have that economic ability to, to invest in better health care other than what the government offers through the Indian Health Service. But what it's really shown is just how resilient our people are. We've been through all kinds of challenges and hardships in, uh, throughout our history. You know, even in, in the lifetime of some of our older members, we saw the Kinzua Dam crisis that in the 1960s that resulted in uh, a major portion of the best land on our Allegheny Territory being flooded by the Kinzua Dam, forcing relocation of, of many Seneca families. And we always come together as a people at the grassroots level, at, at our government level, to make sure that our people have what we need to sustain ourselves. And so 
I think an upside to the pandemic has been a lot of people in the Native community, and I see a lot of people in, in other communities talking about food security issues and returning to uh, having a garden and our traditional agricultural ways. I'm Gabriel Petrazio, Finger Lakes One News. That's all for today. The Daily Debrief is our show about the stories that shape life as we know it. New episodes are published Monday through Friday on FingerLakesOne.com. It's hosted by me, Gabriel Petrazio, and Josh Durso. You can find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and several other platforms. Visit FingerLakesOne.com forward slash daily to see the links to all of our previous programs. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.